Hello and welcome to this episode of Fintech Focus TV, brought to you by Harrington Star, global leaders in financial technology recruitment. Head over to the Harrington Star website today, where you'll be able to download our brand new documentary, The Era of Convergence, which charts the merger of traditional and decentralized finance. You'll also be able to see our new magazine, The Financial Technologists, with the Top 1% Workplace Awards. Enjoy the show, and we'll see you soon. Welcome to another episode of Fintech Focus TV. This one is a very special one coming live from Fintech Connect over at the Excel Center. I'm absolutely delighted to be here with Alfonso from Cocoon. Alfonso, lovely to meet you. Yes, thank you. And nice. Thank you for having me here. Absolute pleasure. Look, it's a, uh, it's a really interesting show out here today. Loads and loads to, to, uh, to get through and interesting companies to talk to, et cetera, et cetera. We've got lots to talk about. Mm -hmm. We've just had a little preamble beforehand. I'm excited about what you guys are doing in the business. Before we get into the meat of it all, tell us a little bit about who you are, uh, the business and what you do. So, yes, thank you. My, so my background is in investment banking and private equity, financial management and corporate restructuring. Uh, and I've always found a problem in all my previous uh, careers, basically, which is uh, companies, small and big, don't really do proper financial analysis of their accounts and reporting. I'm not talking about the reporting that you do to the authorities, like you know, all the uh, annual accounts, etc., etc. I'm talking about monthly management reporting. Yeah, yeah. So companies don't do the proper analysis of their three accounts. Many companies analyze just the cash flow, a little bit the PL. Everyone tends to ignore the balance sheet, which is where you hide. It's like the carpet where you hide the dirt. <laughs> so, you know, we, I found that people don't do that analysis properly, mainly because there isn't a software that does it. Yeah. And secondly, people don't really have the time or the skills to do proper financial analysis. Yeah, yeah. So that's the reason I created Cocoon. Uh, we're basically a fintech startup. We've been three years developing our software. And basically what we do, we link to accounting softwares like Zero and QuickBooks. In 30 seconds, we download five years of PL balancing and cash flow, and then our algorithms kick in. We do all sort of analysis for, for the three accounts, PL balancing and cash flow, and we give you the outputs in terms of trends, KPIs, anomalies, and importantly, we prepare the monthly finance report instantly. So the moment the accountant says September, October is closed, all the analysis and the monthly report is ready to print, not just with charts, but also with written commentary. Our algorithms, for example, can tell you in a sentence why your profits are going up or down. Okay. I'll stop here, we can elaborate more if you want. And so, so, and so with, with all of that, that's really interesting for mm. me because you're talking there about a problem which, which people don't have the time or the, uh, or the skill sets to generally do it in-house. And the software. And so, the software along, yeah. alongside it. So those, those sort of three come through and, pe and companies muddle through. What's the impact of not having that in that situation? It's a great question. The impact is that mainly, so companies, by companies I mean the CEO, the board, even the CFO sometimes, or investors, if the companies are VC invested or angel invested, they don't really understand what's going on. If you don't analyze your finances, you don't understand what's going on. If you don't understand what's going on, it's like driving blind. The more you understand, the more you can take better decisions to improve the three accounts. I'm gonna keep on talking about the three accounts because companies should manage their PL, their balance sheet, and their cash flow. They tell you three different things. PL tells you your profitability, cash flow, your liquidity. Balance sheet tells you your strength of the company. If you don't know that, you cannot manage or improve them. 
A secondary effect is that companies that are better managed, they're less risky, yeah. they grow and faster and become more liquid and stronger, which helps them get finance, be it equity or debt. Yeah, uh, okay. So it's a really interesting sort of situation for them to be in, you know, to be in that sort of zone. The benefits to then, who are people, who are people getting this sort of information, that sort of insight, Talk to us about how companies are profiting from having the software. Yes, so we actually launched, we've been three years in development, uh, developing the software, but we launched six weeks ago. We, our SaaS product is already online for yeah. people to test. We have a, the typical 30-day free trial and a very attractive introductory offer in terms of pricing. But the people we've been, test, we've been testing uh, with, and they really, really like what we do. As an example, someone who shares the office with us, the day we launched, I went downstairs and said, come on, you have to register. So she, <laughs> she registered. No, no choice. No. <laughs> and so within 30 seconds, she got five years of PL balance and cash flow. She looked at me and she said, angry, and she said, these numbers are wrong. And I said, it's not us. This is your accountants doing the bookkeeping wrong. Yeah. So in 30 seconds, she realized that the bookkeeping wasn't right. She said, these numbers are wrong. The problem in the industry is that many times uh, accountants or the controllers, they don't do the proper bookkeeping. Like yeah. any AI uh, we are AI, our algorithms are AI. Okay. Like any AI business, we depend on data being properly entered and properly structured, and that means bookkeeping for yeah. what we do. So many times it's not done. So that's one benefit. Another benefit, our biggest company is a company in the US, $200 million. The CFO loves us because she used to take forever to do the monthly report. Now it's done for her. Uh, she's, she says, I used to take forever. Now it's done. I have better insights instantly. Yeah. And it's easier for me to report. The way we report, you, we can have a report on PDF with written commentary because that's how we differentiate ourselves. We have written commentary. So she has the, we have the, the report ready to print in PDF. But also this is a collaboration tool, which is another of the magic words of nowadays. Once you, you've analyzed the, or Kokuna analyzes the, the financials, you can jump on a Zoom call with your, your board, your CEO, and explain everything very visual. Wow. So it's a proper deep dive into your business. So we're talking about efficiency, we're talking about time, we're talking about insight, all of these things that can make a business better from... Yes, also reduction of costs, which yeah, people yeah. don't like to hear. I mean, yeah. you know, but uh, you, your finance team doesn't... Basically, you release time from the finance team. Yeah. Many people think about, okay, I'm going to get fired. But the way I like to... I've, I've, I've done a lot of analysis and research on the future of work, AI, etc. And the way I like to look at this is, look, you're not going to lose your job. You, that means you're going to have... Evolves, right? Yeah, exactly. You're yeah. going to have more time to do fun stuff because yeah. I mean actually doing the analysis in Excel it's boring yeah. you know but once you've structured your analysis this is a thing isn't it about uh, yeah, the, the, re, the, the sort of repositioning reimagining your efficiency yes. and what that actually means so time reduction and, and cost reduction in that sort of sense we can immediately lurch to the bottom line of it but it's, it's, to me it's always been about a repositioning and it's always then been about an increase in productivity and deal with that. yes so there are benefits to the companies there are benefits to the let's I'm going to call it the finance team, okay? the, the team who works on analyzing the accounts, whether it's one person or several. 
But usually the way the finance team is looked at is they're just a cost center, they're admin, that stuff. This is changing, okay? The future of the finance department is changing. They're gonna become the heroes of the organization because they're usually the finance team who's driving digitalization, especially for financial products, FinTech. The time they spend on the crunching means they cannot spend thinking and understanding what's going on. If this is done automatically, they become the heroes of the organization by telling very quickly to, you know, CEO, board, investors, etc. this is what's going, this is what we should do. That has a personal impact in their lives, you know, people are happier if they're happier in their jobs as well, yeah. you know. And I, so, such an, I love that, that concept of making their, their finance the heroes of the organization because it is a... Uh, yeah, traditionally unglamorous sort of position, isn't it? It is, and it's seen as, as admin. Uh, that's because it is admin at the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> but yeah. it shouldn't be with these tools. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's really, really interesting. Your journey's been but it's three years since you started. In up. developing the software. The whole developer. Talk, talk to me about that journey. How's it been? It's been great. Uh, so I was working... A different world for you, right? Yes, I was working in investment banking, private equity, but for 10 years or longer, I, I said, look, this needs to be automated. You know, come on. There's a quote, people say it's from Mark Twain. I don't know, because sometimes quotes, you don't know. They're reattributed. But it's, it's your own. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, this is my quote. But basically, it says, 20 years from now, you will regret more the things you didn't do than the things you did do. Yeah, yeah. So for a long time, I was thinking, look, you have to do it. There's a need. There's a need. But not only small companies, also big companies, banks, private equity, there's a need. So eventually I took the plunge. I was very comfortable in my previous job having a great salary. But I said, you know, I mean, no offense to my previous jobs, but I've never admired, yeah, yeah. you know, exactly. I've admired entrepreneurs who create something from zero. So this is what I decided to do three years ago. I put some money of my own and we, I approached my friends and family. I never thought I would be able to raise 700,000 pounds from friends and family, but I did. Good friends. Uh, yeah, I'm family. <laughs> no, but uh, they, yeah, they, they, they kind of saw my, you know, my background. Yeah, yeah. I explained the problem. They saw my passion as well. Yeah, yeah. So they trusted me. Yeah. But it's been three years ago. How, how's that responsibility been? Because it's an interesting one, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I think at the, the friends and family stage of a business, I always think is very, very personal yes. journey. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of founders who go out there with conviction about their products, but not necessarily the product market fit and, uh, and they're ability to articulate that. But what you've done to raise that sort of money at a friends and family level is obviously something there that's very, very convincing. To, yes, to, yes. To but talk to me as a, as a founder, about, you know, and a first time founder at that, how's that responsibility felt for you? It actually makes you more responsible. Yeah. You know, I, I made sure first that I, I, I committed, I, I've put a big part of that 700,000 as well. Not a big part, not half of it or anything like that. But I put a lot, I made a big yeah. commitment. So I was telling them, look, you know, my, my money is where my mouth is. But also when you get most of the money from outside sources, friends and family, if it's a VC, maybe you don't take as much care. Yeah. But when it's your friends and family, it actually makes you be more responsible. So you want to really, you want to, first of all, you very grateful that they trusted you and you want to pay them you want to make a big return for them yeah absolutely. more than for you so you it know? gives you that purpose to what you're doing yeah, yeah exactly so that's been going through it's been three years the product's just uh, started going out over the last six weeks or it's an exciting sort of phase and you've been traveling around and yeah, yeah. Uh, shouting the gospel everyone <laughs> yes what you're doing <laughs> tell me about where we're at the moment because i know you're doing the next raise as well yes so we are we launched, we're very active promoting and, and making people aware of our software. Uh, like I said, on our website, there's a 30-day free trial where you can actually play with the 
demo company before you download your company from Zero or QuickBooks. So, you know, uh, we're very keen for people to try and test what we're doing. Uh, we've been traveling in the Middle East as well. In that part of the world, they're very active and promoting governments and banks, promoting fintech, digitalization, and especially help to SMEs. In any country, SMEs are 90% of more of the number of companies, basically. So we've been traveling all over the world, promoting our product, and one, two months ago, we, I launched our second financing round. We raised 700,000 pounds last year. This time we're launching, we're raising, I'm aiming for half a million pounds. Mm -hmm. I have 100,000 already committed from existing investors, nice. plus new investors. And we're trying to reach, at the moment I'm keeping it friends and family, high net worth individuals, family offices, yes. VCs that focus on SIT. What I like is for investors that are not friends and family. So, yeah. I, I want what, you know, the smart money, basically. Yeah, yeah. You know, people who can, at this stage, help us growing with contacts, et cetera, et cetera. So it's an interesting climate, isn't it, for, for, for financial raises? And there's a lot of uh, negative headlines around. Yes. But within that, there's also a lot of opportunity. And I think I was talking to someone yesterday, talking about, you know, going on the VC aspect. of VCs are going in there with a, you know, a four-year plane. So they're not looking at things at the moment and saying, well, I need a return tomorrow. Yeah. They're looking at it and they know cyclically where it's yes. coming through. And, and you know, no matter what the economy does over the last, I think there's external forces that, uh, that give ourselves the opportunity to push that further forward. For me, it's a great time to invest at the moment in businesses because you can see that there's a, a return that comes a little bit further down, down the line if you've got the right products in the right runway. So I think going back to something I spoke to speak about a lot on this show, which is good companies will always be able to raise good money. Yes, yes. I think bad companies struggle a little bit more at this sort of stage. Tell me about the journey this, this sort of time. 700,000 last year is probably a better time to be raising that, that, sort of, that sort of money. But with a product that's a little bit further down the line and got some traction to it, I'd imagine that sort of balances it up a little bit. Yeah, I'll tell you, before that, I'll tell you, since you said that you think it's a great moment to invest in fintech, that's, let's talk later on about <laughs> investing in Coco. <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, my marketing person actually jokes because she has a background in startups and fintech, and she says, look, I've never seen anyone raise funds as easy as you do. But that's because I was talking to friends and family. Uh, in this second round, we're talking to people, or I'm talking to people who don't know me that well. But you're right. The good companies raise money in whichever climate. Bad companies, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Yeah. What I tell people is like, you know, I mean, when I talk to potential investors, I, say, I said, look, averages are dangerous, okay? I mean, I don't want my valuation to be affected just because of the whole market has gone down. In fact, it's a little bit emotional. Like I was saying before, Nasdaq yesterday uh, went up five, increased five to four percent because we had some good news from yeah, the yeah. Fed. You yeah. know, I love that. So I'm telling people, look, uh, potential investors. I'm telling them, valuation now we can discuss. But I really want investors that think that this company can be worth in three to five years around 300 million. Because if you believe that, you're going to invest in Cocoon, whether the company is valued now at 10 million or at. 50 million yeah, yeah. because you think it can be worth 300 down the line. Yeah, yeah. So this this is the nature of conversations I'm having now. Yeah. Are you finding that people are sort of putting because I think in, at this sort of stage there's, there's certain people who can take advantage of the market. It's uh, and it happened both ways. You know, there were there were founders who were overvaluing yeah, yeah, the business yeah, yeah, yeah. beforehand and happy to take the money for you know, from it. At this sort of stage, you can see it swinging the other way, and people are investing wanting more preferable valuations to their sort of side. I think that's a dangerous game for both sides it to is, play on either, yeah. either side of it. And the people who I've been talking to, I'm really impressed with, are saying they want a win-win scenario, both from a VC perspective 
and from an entrepreneur's perspective. How are you finding that aspect of it? There are people who are trying to take advantage of this, investors who yeah. say, look, I mean, this company, the market has gone down. It's a bit related to what I was saying before. The market's gone down. This company valuation is half of what it was last year. And I said, I mean, if someone starts like that, I don't really want to continue the conversation. Yeah, yeah. I want to turn around the conversation to the future. It's yeah. what I was saying before. I mean, to me, the key to the conversation is, look, let's not talk about, before we talk about today's valuation, let's talk about the valuation in three to five years time, yeah, potential absolutely. valuation. Yeah, yeah. Again, if you believe that it's, it could be worth 300 or more, okay. do you really care whether the valuation now is 10 or 20 million? I mean, yeah. why? If they have that future view, that patience, like it's not short-term investment, yeah. then it, you already see that they, sort of you could work well. with them. Exactly. I could be talking for hours about Me too. All, this, all this sort of stuff. We're going to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, as I know there's a whole lot of stores you want to get around and networking to do later on today as well. But uh, finish up by telling me who should get in touch with you at the moment? Who'd, who would you love to be speaking to? And what's the best way for them to do that? Yes, so we, we would like to talk to finance teams of companies. We would like to talk, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. So, but in a nutshell, is uh, accountants that work with companies Progressive accountants. Many accountants are still stuck in the just uh, producing the accounts, but many accountants realize that they have to. Pro they can provide better, ad uh, more value-added services. So accountants, internal finance teams, we can save them a lot of time, like the company in the U.S., and, and we can make them look very good. Part-time CFOs. This is a growing industry because of COVID, remote working. Lots of ex-investment bankers, private equity people, say they want to have what they call a portfolio career. Being the part-time CFO of several companies, they can use Cocoon as well. So this is the perfect tool for finance team, whether it's an accountant, internal teams of part-time CFOs. That's one side. We also would love to talk to venture capital and private equity companies because this is a tool they can promote to their portfolio companies so they can have better financial management. Yeah, yeah. We're also working on a dashboard that monitors the portfolio for pri private equity and venture capital so they can see where their best performance and where performance and why. And, and why, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So once they see some, a company is not performing that well, they can go into the specific company, Cocoon, and analyze P&L, balance it, and cash flow. I think there's a big part of that to make sure that companies who are invested in businesses have a better success rate because I saw Shudder with that Series A and B and when money comes into it and how it doesn't get right. And I, I think that the big win is for, for VCs and PE companies to basically look to, to be more supported in that. Journey. Yes, can I just comment on that a bit very quickly? So... Actually, the speak I was giving last week, um, I talked about, everyone's talking about how FTX nowadays, yeah, yeah. but actually he was interviewed, uh, SBF was interviewed uh, on, on LinkedIn, and he actually recognized that the, their account was very poor. Yeah, yeah, one yeah. of the things I say is... Uh, non-existent. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. and one of the th and, but they were invested by very, very well-known investors. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I say is, look, uh, fi poor financial management is one of the top causes of company failure. Yeah, yeah. And this solves all this whether you're a company or an investor yeah. or a bank as absolutely. well. Brilliant. Alfonso, it's been an absolute pleasure having you yes. on the show. Good luck with Cocoon. Thank you very, very much for coming on the show today. And uh, enjoy. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you very much. And thank you all for watching. We'll see you very soon on another episode of Vintage Focus TV. Thanks a lot.